Hey guys, welcome back to another episode on the T Wood Show. I'm your host, Travis Woodham. Thank you for listening in to yet another episode of Soccer Talk. I have my special guest and a very good friend, Eric Moisson, on the show with me today. How's it going, Eric? It's going very good. It is going good. I, I had some great food, and now I'm ready to get some great talk and conversation in. I love that. I love it. And um, tell the listeners our relationship. How did we meet? We met in Greenville, South Carolina at Bob Jones University in 2013 uh, during soccer preseason. We both played on the soccer, the college soccer team there, and... Man, I don't know if it was love at first sight, but it was definitely <laughs> close. Uh, we had some fun times together that first season and even the next one. So, Yes. I keep telling everybody, uh, as I remind you all the time as well, is that we uh, – I believe my brother picked you up. He first went to the wrong air- airport, I believe. Ryan, yeah. if you're listening, I think he, I think this is true. Back me up. Love. But he went to the wrong a- airport first, and then he finally figured out where you and your brother, twin brother Andrew, was at. Picked you guys up, then came to Chick-fil-A in Taylor, South Carolina, and that's where I met you personally, I think, for the first mm-hmm. time. Is that right? True. Uh, I think you've, you've combined two stories because I think – Ryan picked us up at the wrong airport the following year. Oh, you know. Because the so that did happen, but that was another year. The next season, I think that time was actually our dad had our dad had flown across the country and driven up with us. Ah, that's we were right. staying at a hotel for the first two days, so I don't think I don't think it was the very first introduction that. Um, all that happened, but no, it definitely happened where Ryan, I think the year next year made the mistake of driving to the Spartanburg airport when we were in Atlanta and, um, we ended up, uh, yeah, just waiting an extra two hours or so. It really wasn't too bad. We had, we had time to spare and, you know, we knew what we could do with that time. So it was all, it was okay. It was okay. That's right. (laughs) That's very true. It definitely did happen. And obviously we're past that, but I'm very, I was very lucky to meet you and your twin brother, and also your other brother Caleb. Uh, mm-hmm. We all played together on the Bob Jones University of Bruins men's soccer team, not the women's, but the men's soccer team. And Correct. we played there. Uh, I think it was about what was it two years or three years? You got there in 2013. I think it was two years. I think two years. Yep. Yep. Two years. Two. two solid good years, but two really fun and awesome years. And uh, yeah. anyway, I'm just, I'm. Very honored that you came on the show with me and to talk about a very specific topic of soccer, and that's the mental side of the game, which yep. I don't think is talked very much. I don't think it's uh, talked about very much. And so I know you kind of like uh, the mental part of the game, competitive nature, uh, what goes yep. on in the mind and stuff like that. So um, I was doing some research before our episode, yep. and I just want to read this to you. Uh, this is an article by Patrick Kahn, and uh, I believe this is from uh, the Soccer Psychology Tips, Mental okay. Training for Soccer Players. This is the resource I got from, and the article he wrote is very short and sweet, but is very on point, I believe. Sounds good. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, Give it to me. It's the top players do this for greater mental toughness. So um, there's a big difference, he's saying, between talent and ability. Talent is the innate skill or capability or capacity to perform a certain activity. Talent is present in a person at the time of birth. 
So you're born with talent, right? Mm -hmm. But ability is what you are able to do. So it may sound like the same thing, but there's a subtle difference. And that difference is ability is the power to accomplish something. So it requires work. Mm -hmm. Uh, So talent is something you're born with. Ability is something you have to work at. And he's saying the three things that bring success to a player are these three things. Belief. I have the ability. Hard work. I'm willing to do whatever it takes. And mental toughness. Nothing will stop me. Mm. So I think those three things are really key. Obviously, I, I would agree to the mental toughness side of soccer. What do you think, Eric? Yeah, I also agree. I think um, maybe if, if we kind of rewind to like when you, when you pointed out that talent, or I guess the, the Patrick there pointed out that talent is something innate at birth, but ability is something that um, is built or can be developed or can be you know harnessed or however you want to put it. Um, it's interesting how so many times when we're growing up in the childhood years, people will notice and say, wow, that kid's got a lot of talent or wow, this kid doesn't have a lot of talent. And that can sometimes hurt players because they then, you know, parents or coaches sometimes, you know, if they're not aware of this mental side of the game and the importance of, you know, how they're thinking and training these, you know, kids that think about their, their abilities and then their talent is these kids all of a sudden don't work hard. They lose their work ethic because now they start, you know, thinking it's all talent. And um, I just think once you get to the upper, upper echelons of any sport, um, talent definitely has to be there. Like if someone has no talent, they're, they're not going to be at a high level of sports, but what keeps people there or even gets them there that maybe other people would have doubted them is because they have the ability in those three things that you mentioned. And it, it would be hard to look at most players in those high levels and, and not be able to see three of those qualities somewhat, um, exemplified in their lives. Like if you asked every one of them, I'm sure they'd they could just point out example after example of things that they had to go through in the high school and even in, even when they're children. So without those things being taught or at least them being aware of it, they wouldn't be where they're at today. So it'd be interesting to interview people, you know, those kinds of questions about talent versus ability, but that's yeah. a very important distinction. And I, I think it's important to start people off with that earlier on in life instead of, I think we, we overdo the talent. We over, we, we, I think naturally we always go for the talent, but we don't, we, t- we totally miss, you know, the power of having the, those ability of hard work, uh, mm-hmm. mental toughness and uh, belief. Yeah, I would agree. And you're talking about uh, mentioning that we need to bring these truths at a younger level to, to the youth kids who play soccer. And mm-hmm. I think a prime example would be Christian Pulisic, whereas he, I think he had a lot of both. I think he was mm-hmm. born with some great talent, as it you know he was just born with that. But I mm-hmm. think he applied his talent with ability, and I think that's what makes him great. You know, mm-hmm. that's that's when I think the elite players are set apart because they have both. They work hard. They know they were born with this talent, but yet at the same time they're basically doubling up by mm-hmm. working yep. hard, believing in themselves, and having that mental toughness, right. having that having that attitude. If nothing will stop me, I'm doing what. You know, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to accomplish my goals. Mm-hmm. And he goes on on this article, and uh, he's basically just explaining that part of mental toughness is maintaining a high level of confidence. Okay. And I think that's like a huge deal to a lot of kids, too, is that 
kids love to compare themselves. I think we as adults do do this too. We do this on Instagram. Like Instagram, for one thing, is just highlights of people's life, and it's not right. everyday life. This is, mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's a whole other basic kind of conversation. <laughs> yep. uh, like, oh, yeah. I think that's why there's a lot of depression, honestly, is because people see, oh my goodness, they're on the top of uh, this building or they're on top of this amazing mountain. It's like, yes, yeah, so that is really cool. You know, I can double tap that, but you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy for them. But it's like I'm not gonna say, oh man, look at my life. My life sucks. It's like, yeah. You don't. That's when you get in trouble. Is when you start comparing your life. And mm-hmm. I think for the player is when you compare your ability or maybe compare talent to you, you'd be like, oh man, I'm not, I wasn't born with talent like, like that kid was. You're just mm-hmm. making yourself an excuse. Correct. Yep. You know, and so that's what hurts your mental toughness. And that's why yeah. these kids drop out. Yeah. So I think it's a really good point, but any comments on that area? Yeah. Yeah. I think environment plays a huge role in, I'm, I'm, I don't know a lot about Christian Pulisic. I probably watched one or two YouTube videos on, on some of his background, but um, I'm guessing someone from his um, growing up in his, his environment was was strongly encouraged and challenged a lot. And he had an environment that taught him these things, whereas there's maybe a lot of kids that grow up in tougher environments and they succumb to them instead. Like you, you used uh, Instagram as an example of, you know, we're kind of distracted or we, we compare and that affects our mind and our belief because we kind of think that because we see something else and our life isn't like that, we then lack any belief in actually that becoming our life because we're so focused on other people's lives. So we can't even build belief or confidence because mm-hmm. um, we're always, our confidence is always, and self-esteem is always being, you know, pushed down. But if you can kind of put the horse blinders on and focus on what you want to accomplish, which involving a belief in yourself, the hard work again, the mental toughness to stay focused on that, that's where having an environment that actually pushes you in those or putting yourself in that kind of environment is powerful. I, I think a lot of people don't take that seriously when they, when they look at how they want to develop in the sports world, you know, in, in life, but we're talking about sports specifically. If, if you put yourself around a lot of people that don't um, have those qualities or at least push you in that way mm-hmm. and challenge you in those ways, I, it's going to be hard for you to, to probably, you know, take those strides. And again, that's why it's so important to have a good coach. I, I, I can't yes, speak, I speak volumes for, even from my own college experience, the differences between my, I, I played on a team locally here in Washington state before going out to Bob Jones. And um, I have to say, maybe the coach was a little bit more, you know, fun to be around. And he was a, he was a cool guy, maybe like he, um, he was just funny. You know, he kind of had yeah. Yeah, good, a good way with people. But when it came to like running a team and being a good coach, um, there was some disconnect there. I, I, I can't, couldn't really point out anything specifically, but I almost felt it too as a person. Like sometimes the coach didn't believe in me. And sometimes that reflected as well. Like as a coach, mm-hmm. your goal is to bring out the best in your players. And I, I think that might have been something um, the coach I had first started with, the second coach did a little bit better at. Um, but that's why it's so important. I think maybe when parents look at where they want to put their kids is look at the coach, you know, mm-hmm. right. Um, my, my youngest brother is a case in point too, where he, um, he currently plays soccer at master's university in Santa Clarita, California, but his junior year of high school, he was on a, um, a select, um, a, a premier soccer club called Crossfire out here in Washington. And, uh, his coach, um, hardly was letting him play. 
um, was very nagging and negative to almost all the players, very critical. And uh, it really beat my brother up a lot emotionally to the point that he really, you know, he, he was succumbing to that. And then he moved teams to a coach that was more uh, encouraging, challenging, you know, positive, speaking these this belief into his players, always challenging them to work harder, you know, not just yelling at them, you know, saying they're doing a bad job, but to work harder, to bust their, their butts and really do more and, you know, push through the hard times. And he, he changed. He totally did a 100% flip to where wow. he, he, he kind of, he, he just played differently. It was kind of cool to see how, like, it wasn't like black and white, 180% turn, but you could notice how much better he played the game because he now had a belief in his ability as a player instead of a coach constantly slamming him because the coach was telling him he wasn't good enough. Right. You know, your talent isn't good enough. But as soon as the other coach said, you are good enough, and I see that you're better than this, you can develop your ability, it totally changed in him. And I can speak from my own experience as well, but I know that specifically I, I saw it so clearly. And that's, I think, something that people need to take into account when they – play any sport uh, maybe a lot of people around our age aren't doing that like with a team or with a coach but when they think about children they think about you know those you know people that are in youth or in other sports where the coach is so important especially for the development of of youth that might be one of the most important things honestly is the quality yes. of the coach yeah I have to point out one thing yeah i can 100 percent agree with that um and i i myself personally i really I, sometimes uh, maybe I'm a little bit too encouraging at times. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. For, for my own point, you know, for my own personality, I'm, I'm somebody to really just encourage people. Um, I just love doing that. I, I like to make people feel good. Um, at the same time, I don't want to be somebody who's just like a yes man or you know somebody who's like doesn't have a reality check. Um, but at the same time, yeah. I think there's a level of you know, I, I think you should always be positive in your outcomes or you're positive in your remarks to players, especially young players. Um, I think as they grow, I think you can be maybe a little bit more critical as far as maybe more negative reinforcement to, hey, I know you've played better than this, you know, you, know, you need to do better at this or X, Y, Z, you need to do better at that. Um, being more, you know, I, but I think the overall approach to youth players in soccer is this high positivity, high encouragement to the players. Therefore, they can actually believe in themselves because of that encouragement you're getting from your coach. They then mm -hmm. now believe in their own selves and then can then progress their confidence in the game. Right. Um, and I think mm -hmm. I think a lot of people would agree with that. Um, I think we're kind of just preaching to the choir a lot of times, but I think it is also a good reminder for those coaches who are extremely critical can learn that, hey, maybe I should take a step back and be have a little bit more positive reinforcement. Right. Um, so as we're going through this article, too, like he was also just explaining a little bit more on kind of what separates the successful soccer player to one who's, who's not. Um, and the top players, he goes on to say that the top players don't focus on what other players um, are and wish that they had what other players had. Mm -hmm. um, for instance, for my own personal side of playing soccer, I think I had the ability to, to run. I think God gave me the ability to 
to have speed in my game, but I never really had the technical side of uh, of the game as far as you know being super smooth, smooth, you know, smooth with the ball, being very creative with the ball. Um, I think I really just honed in onto my talent of being a quick player. Um, but I think uh, I, I want to thank my coach for pushing me and challenging me positively to then work on my game of, you know, doing those small little touches, focusing on those on the technique, and then therefore I actually gain more confidence by saying, you know what, I can actually do this. You know, I can actually do, yep. do these moves and then try them in the game. Like, don't be afraid to fail, basically. That's what helped me become a more complete player, I guess, um, is to yep. really just have that positive reinforcement of like, yeah, you can, you can actually work on your skill. You know, I'm yep. just born with this. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, but, that makes sense. Did you did you see him? They you say you're talking about improvement. Did you see um, any specific period of time where you really you know saw improvement in development of your ability, or did you like what? When did that happen, or is there any kind of an example more specifically, or is it kind of just you know a period of just throughout your whole career? Was there any kind of specific time? Oh yeah, where you noticed it. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think the jump – now, the listeners have to understand that if, if you're not from a smaller Christian high school like I was from, you know, you can be a big fish in a little pond. I mean, a very small pond. Like, you can be a big fish yep. in a little, like, droplet of water, <laughs> so to speak. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah. So I had this extreme high level of confidence going into college, and you know, because I was used to being the man, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think the confidence was there, but then as soon as I got to college, that is a whole nother level. And I've quickly realized, you know, I'm not the man anymore here. You know, there's a lot of better talent out there. And so therefore I really wanted to work on my game. And I could tell after my first year to my sophomore year, just being in that training, that high, you know, high level training, uh, high levels of encouragement, high levels of challenging your skills, um, I saw right away massive improvement from the player I used to be. Um, mm-hmm. I think taking that jump from my freshman year of college to sophomore, I think, gave me a, such a better level of confidence in the game. Because uh, I always took a little bit of a step back. As soon as I transitioned from high school to college, I was like, ah, I didn't start on the field. You know, um, you know, I, I used to be kind of the guy at my high school then I wasn't anymore. So I almost took a little bit of a step back in my confidence. Um, but then after my coach really took, you know, um, took uh, interest in me individually and said, hey, look, I want you to work on your technical ability, um, work on your decision making. That really helped me because he was very encouraging about it. That really helped me gain that confidence between my freshman and sophomore year. Um, and then every year since, I think I – I think I really progressed in those areas of technical ability and just better decision-making on the field, I think. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think, I don't know if there's an actual real specific moment, but I think it was just a repetition in practice, the the constant encouragement, the constant challenging of, Hey, you can do this. You can increase your ability to become a better player. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. what about for you, man? Like, did you, was there any like, time you know transitioning i know you played you know out there in washington state um and then came to bob jones but was there any moments for you that you kind of saw 
um, you know, increasing your ability through encouragement and stuff like that? Yeah, I think um, a similar experience from going from a smaller private school into um, just a wider range of players in the college world. I, I even was exposed to better talent because I played for a club team as well as uh, high school. Um, so I, and even playing other sports growing up, um, I played at a public high school for basketball my uh, my last three years of high school. So I was exposed to people that were better than me very quickly um, mm -hmm. in my high school career. As, as far as in the soccer world, I definitely matched up um, with the top guys in the league. But as soon as um, I went to college, that went away. Yeah. And um, I think for me, my, my skill always developed. Um, it always it always went along with how, how much work I put in because um, – I, I even think of the like the fitness side of of soccer is uh, sometimes overlooked. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, they they tell you to be fit, but they don't they don't tell you specifically like what is like what does that look like. But there's a big difference in how I took my fitness um, seriously heading into my last college season compared to my first and even my second, to where I was more prepared and I just it actually added to my confidence knowing that I was. Um, at a level of fitness that was going to allow me to play at my best throughout the entire game, um, yeah. which is nice knowing that you can see, again, the mental side of the game, you can see opponents weakening or you can see opponents, you know, slack, you know, slacking in certain ways. And in my game, that's, that's where I saw, I guess, a lot of improvement um, in terms of my confidence as a player was seeing that my fitness level and my strength and my ability to actually you know, play a central role in a team those last two years of college was probably where I really excelled. Um, yeah. And I think, I think it also helped in, again, near the end of high school and my first year of college, I suddenly realized that um, my talent wasn't going to get me very far. And I had to, I had to add a lot more hard work. And then that, that followed through my last two years of college, being able to start, pretty much every game and uh, almost played, you know, 90 minutes all the time just because I, I wanted to to do that. And that's where I put in the hard work and that's where it showed really. So that's what I would say. Yeah. Fitness level is huge in soccer, obviously. I think uh, that really does add to the confidence booster is knowing that you are fit and able to do the work is, you know, that, that, that is huge yep. for a player. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think if players now, if, if you're a young player right now and, and want to get better, obviously take it's going to take your time. It's going to take repetitions. It's going to take discipline. And I think where the discipline really matters is in your fitness. Yep. And if you can outrun this guy, maybe he does have more talent than you. Maybe he was born with more talent than you, you had. Yep. You can actually prove that you actually are more able to play the game because you took – a focus in your in your ability to to become a fit player, become more fit than the next guy, and I think yep. that's that's maybe a good starting point. I feel like if somebody's struggling with confidence in the game, right? I I think I would just first say, hey, are you satisfied with your fitness level right now? Yep. And then it's kind of almost using that snowball effect of okay, actually, I I agree. I think my fitness is a little bit off. I think I can be better. Then once they start to do that, they meet their fitness goals, then they can work on their, their next goals. 
Um, and then at the same time, like you're saying, you played a central role uh, for your last two seasons, and that's a ton of work. I mean, just physically. Yeah. Um, running back, you know, back and forth throughout the whole game for 90 minutes, basically. Um, and so you need that. I mean, you need a good fit. You need a good fitness level to play that role. And uh, with you not worrying about, hey, I'm going to just be tired by the you know 80th minute. With you not worrying about that because you're so fit, that's just another level of confidence. Like, hey, yeah, we can win this game. Yes, I can beat that player. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it starts there. Would you agree with that? Like, it starts with your fitness, man. Like, yeah, no, I, uh, I said I definitely agree with you. I think um, it's it's an amount of preparation that that goes into your confidence as a player. Uh, a lot of people that wing it, even if you have talent, if you didn't prepare for the game, you aren't as confident as if you really took it seriously to where you've thought through, you've visualized, you've, you've, you know, you've taken what you need to to be ready physically, but mentally as well to prepare you for the game. That's what's going to set you, you know, ahead to where as soon as you, as soon as the whistle blows and the game starts, you're you're already ready. You don't have to, you know, kind of build up your momentum in terms of your talent or, or anything like that. You're waiting for maybe something to happen. You just go out there and you're gonna make it happen because you've prepared for those moments. And I think that's a good thing to teach people then because it's so transferable to life. Like yeah. if if you're trying to wing it through life with your talent. You, you're going to get frustrated by the inevitable roadblocks, just like what happens in any any kind of game. Like mm-hmm. I know on, on the soccer field, we both we both went down with injuries. We both had different things happen, and you know we came back and we we made sure we worked through those. But the same thing happens in life where you just you can't wing it. You can't just run run all over on talent because you're not going to be as confident and as effective, especially when if you're relying on talent. As soon as that talent is challenged you lose almost all your confidence versus if you know you've been working hard, preparing and focusing, if you make a mistake, you're realizing, okay, I just got to work harder and tweak some things and I'll be better next time. Instead of, Oh great. I, you know, (laughs) I don't know. That's like, that was my talent. I I have have nothing else to do. And you just, you know, kind of shut down. That was, uh, that was one of my, my, my fun things to do. If I enjoyed anything in soccer, it was a, not necessarily like trash talk or get in someone's head, but if you notice that they were frustrated or somewhat uh, kind of checking out of the game is uh, is you played harder around that person. Like you almost you went in harder on challenges. You you went rougher and you even worked harder because you noticed that person was getting flustered I like that. because they were making mistakes. And so it wasn't that you were trying to, I guess, take them out again, you know, not in any kind of dirty way. But that's a, that's just again. I kind of more of an actual specific application of a mental side of the game is when you see people faltering in their confidence, um, you're not taking advantage of it to hurt the person, but you're taking advantage of it in the sense that you are prepared for that. You know, like in a boxing match, if anyone were to show weakness, you would, you would, you know, if they expose themselves in any way, you would take that last punch and knock them out. So in this sense, if someone shows any weakness mentally, you're prepared to to take advantage of that and, and, um, and I guess do whatever it takes to, to, I guess, you know, score a goal or uh, make that pass. And it's just one mental lapse away from, you know, a whole game shifting. And yes. that's where, again, if you're there mentally, those those will tend to work out in your favor versus the opposite. So those are good points, man. Yeah. I, think, I think Tim Tebow said it best. I don't know if this is an original Tim Tebow quote. Okay. Maybe he got it from somebody else. But I think <laughs> basically the phrase is this. Hard work beats talent when talent mm-hmm. doesn't work hard. 
Right. Every time. Yep. It's every time, dude. So for those yep. players out there listening right Very now, true. for you guys listening, if you're if you're a player, young or old, and you struggle with confidence, know this. If somebody next to you may be more talented, maybe they were born with more talent than you were, you can outwork them. Yep. You can you can outwork them and realize, hey, I can actually beat you on the spot on the team. My fitness level is better than yours. My my discipline is better than yours. Mm-hmm. My my listening obviously would be better than you. Yeah. I'm more focused. So these are like the intangibles that talent is just is just talent. You're born with it, yes. But if you yeah. don't use that, if you don't work hard, hard work's gonna beat you. So I think those are great yeah. applications to that. Um, and maybe we can touch on just a little bit as we close this podcast episode. We're going to close it with um, a little bit more of a, um, I wouldn't say darker side of the mental side of soccer. I would say um, it's more of a, uh, it's more of an issue with the mental side, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's just more of a, basically anxiety and depression. And that's really a battle, I feel like, for a lot of people out there who are playing in the game, and actually more so for the professionals. Like if, if, you, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you've tasted any level of, of uh, success and constantly are winning, um, don't just imagine that that person isn't struggling with anxiety, you know, because mm-hmm. yeah. you never really know. And right. I think it was really cool. I saw this story um, um, online, and there was a professional – the, the club name in England, I think, is um, Accrington Stanley. Okay. It's, uh, it's spelled A-C-C-R-I-N-G-T-O-N, and then Stanley. And he's a striker, and his name is Billy Key. And basically, he speaks openly about his struggle with severe anxiety and depression. But yeah. even though you know, he has the best job in the world, to some eyes, of playing professional soccer, you're getting paid to go out there and play soccer as your job. Yeah, right. he still struggles with severe, severe anxiety and depression. So uh, he mm-hmm. kind of opens up about it. And I can post this video on my Facebook page for you guys to check it out. Um, but basically, he's just saying, you know, he's bringing awareness to the fact that it, it's really a, a time where, you know, the coach can notice these things in a player. I think, mm-hmm. um, you know, just being around a person off the field, I think, is important, too, for the coach to then, you know, have, you know, one-on-one meetings with players. I think that's another thing about a coach um, yep. that, could, that could help. And I think you mentioned your coach out there in Washington State was kind of maybe a little bit better with, you know, getting to know you as a, as a person. Maybe not right. so more, maybe not so much on the field, you know, being a technical director or anything. But um, anyway, I think it's just a, another part of the game that I think people don't like to talk about all the time. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's an important one. And I think, what would be some ways to, to defeat this, you know? Um, so I was just kind of thinking about that, but I think the story of this is really cool where the coach actually told Billy, Billy Keys, his name. He said, why don't you go ahead and just take a month off, you know, take a month off of soccer and just reflect on your life, reflect on your family, you know, spend time with your family. And I think that's sometimes what's, that's what the players need, you know, is that time wow. with family and, and, and setting your priorities straight. You know, yeah. what is most important to you? That type of thing. Um, right. But yeah, any comments on that, Eric? Do you have any insight as far as <laughs> something like that? You know? Yeah. Um, that's interesting. You bring that 
up because I think everyone at some point has struggled with maybe you call it mild anxiety or they just they feel like they're overcome with certain um, you know worries or anxieties about um, themselves in regards to sports or even in life. And I mean, one of the most important things to have is someone that you can always go to to talk those things through. Um, I think the, the idea of a team is is more than just the fact that you all signed up and you're on the same roster. It's that you guys are a family, right? It's it's so it's crazy how so many people will use that term maybe lightly or not lightly, and say that you know we're more. It's it's like a family. Mm-hmm. Um, I even remember um, when I made the transition from a you know a, a fall soccer season into a, a winter basketball season. We had uh, actually come through and kind of had a whirlwind victory in the state championship where we really weren't expected to win. But um, I think a lot of what uh, proved or allowed us to win was the fact that we had a team that was like family because that was uh, we got asked by our basketball coach. You know, he was just, he would told other players on the team like, yeah, these guys just won a state championship in their division for, for soccer. Um, you know, congratulations. And uh, he just asked us straight up, like, well, what do you think? You know, do you, would you guys owe, owe most to your success? And we both agreed that it was the the cohesiveness and the the family atmosphere of our team. Like we knew we had each other's back, not just on the field, but like in all aspects of life. It felt like there was strong relationships that had been developed that could carry and transition to any part of life and onto the soccer field. And people, I think, take that for granted. Like they may be looking for a team that's all about, you know, a talented team, right? Or looking for a team that has the best recruiting class or all this stuff and they don't think you know is this a team that's really going to you know have that right atmosphere of of people that have my back you know they're they're not gonna they're not gonna let me slip into into different things that are gonna hold me back they're not gonna let me get overcome with worry and anxiety they're gonna they're gonna really be a family to me and that's cool that the the billy guy was able to take a month off because i think maybe he'd gotten a little out of touch with those key relationships in his life mm-hmm. and that was carrying over to again I, i'm just hypothesizing at this point but a lot of times i think we may get we may get overwhelmed and anxious by things in our life because we're not focusing on the the key relationships that really hold us down and keep us grounded whether that's yes. a belief in in god whether that's a belief or you know a belief in a tight-knit family or um, an accountability group of sorts um, and a different camaraderie that you can have with other people. If, if you forsake that, you really lose a lot of your grounding in things like your, your career as a soccer player, or for most people who don't have that career, it's, it's in other areas of work, but that's yes. what I would say is one thing that comes to mind for me. What about you? No, you have I, ideas? no, that is that. I think you nailed the head of that nail. You, you hit, nailed it down. I hit and nailed it. Yep. <laughs> you, you nailed the head of the nail, straight yes. down to the to the piece of wood, and it's flush on the wood. Yes. Like it, it was a clean strike, and I think you nailed it. But seriously, I, I really do yeah. think those are some very good answers for people who are struggling with anxiety or depression. Uh, maybe you have a teammate like that, or maybe that's yourself. Um, maybe just take a step back from soccer and just. And just focus on, okay, what's most important to me in my life? Um, and at the same time, realize, you know, family, you know, or your relationship with, with God, your, you know, your relationship with your wife, your relationship with your kids, your family, your mom, your dad, your brothers, sisters, you know, 
whoever they may be, take that time to, to like you said, you need those people to, to make you stay grounded, you know, yeah. and, and to really reflect on what's what's most important. You know, soccer, soccer will go away. You know, you're going to get older. You're going to have some, you know, some sprains and, and it's going to be, take a little bit longer to recover as time goes on. You know, yeah. and soccer will always be there for you to watch, but maybe not so much to play. But what's going to be left? You know, are you going to have relationships left or are you going to have nothing? You know, or, or, are, you, yeah. or are you married to soccer? You know, that, that's the question right. you should ask yourself is, what am I going to leave behind once I'm done with soccer? You know, maybe that's maybe that's an answer for you. Maybe not. Um, but I think I'm not I'm no psychologist or a doctor to say anything. But I feel like for my family, for, for me personally, is family really is everything. And, and my, obviously my relationship with, with with God would be first and foremost. But, right. you know, the family yep. is just that brings you joy. Yeah. Even though soccer does bring that, but family will at the end of the day. They're there for you after the game. You know, it, it's not going to go away. Family isn't going to go away. Um, soccer will. So. Yep. Yep. Cool. Yep. Relationships will will stand the test of time, unless you unless you like I said you forsake them. It's it's interesting when we use the word we love something like we love soccer, we love tacos, we love um, different things when we use the same word to talk about our love for our family. We never distinguish that. Well, our love for our family is actually something that is, is way bigger than just that we enjoy a sport, you know? And I think people do have to be careful because sometimes they'll turn that into an obsession or again, they get their hopes up all about this one thing, be it soccer, I guess. And then something happens, their career ends, they lose a game. Um, I know even from my experience, we I won the state championship my junior year, and the next year we went undefeated and lost in the championship. Oh man! And th- that was just that was a you know a, a kind of a life altering or at least a character altering or testing moment because I had to think and say like okay, you know was where where exactly and how much do I actually love this game and you know why do I even love it? Is it just because I win? Is it just because we're good or is it that you know there's something deeper there's something more important at work like the relationships that have been formed since then that i still keep in touch with with some of the guys that now still live in this area and that's again it those relationships will transcend how long i'm able to play the game of soccer Mm -hmm. so i I would warn people and also encourage them to not um focus too much on a game or on different things in their life and then forget about the relationships or the people that are actually going to end up helping them most or, you know, right. really being the people, you know, the most important thing to them. So I agree. Well, I think that will wrap up our episode uh, on the mental side of the game of soccer. And thank you so much, Eric, for taking the time out of your own night, uh, yes. maybe even to your own dinner time to come on the show with me and talk about this. This was great. I had a lot of fun. I hope you did as well. And yep. let's do this again sometime, man. Oh yeah. Definitely. I always love the good conversation and, you know, sharing it with the people of the world. I love that. All right, Eric. Well, you have a great rest of your night. And for those of you who are just listening to the episode, thank you so much. Please check out my Facebook page as well. Give me a like on there. Follow me. I'll be posting regularly. We'll go from there. Thanks, guys. Peace out.